This is Positive Parenting. Parenting expertise and advice from best-selling parenting author and national newspaper columnist, Mr. Dad, Armin Brott. Hello and welcome to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott, the founder of MrDad.com. In a moment of frustration or disappointment or dissatisfaction, most parents have probably asked themselves this question. Why isn't this any fun? As a mom of four and a parenting writer for the New York Times, our guest for this part of today's show decided to find out exactly the answer to that question. So she drew on the latest studies, her own interviews, and a research sample of more than a 1,000 parents, and she came to the conclusion that we can change our family life so that it's full of the joy we'd always hoped for, not by doing more, but by doing things differently. Unlike so many anxiety-inducing parenting approaches, my guest does not demand that parents add more to their already busy lives or reinvent the wheel. Instead, her advice focuses on improving 10 problem spots that cause parents the most grief, and she explores why they're hard, and she offers small, doable, sometimes surprising steps that you can take to make them better. Whether it's getting everyone out the door on time in the morning or making sure chores and homework get done without another battle, our guest wants to remind us that a satisfying family life isn't about hauling kids around and eventually dropping them off at the destination, success. It's about finding happiness, the kind you look back on, look forward to, and live for. More with Mr. Dad, Armin Brat after this. From the MrDad.com radio network. Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. The forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Play puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hello and welcome to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott, and my guest for this part of today's show is K.J. Dallantonia, who's the author of How to Be a Happier Parent, Raising a Family, Having a Life, and Loving Almost Every Minute. K.J., thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So you discovered early on that you were asking yourself a question that I'm sure everybody has asked themselves and nobody will admit it. Why does this suck? Or to be <laughs> exactly. to be a little a little gentler... Why, why am I not having fun? Everybody seems to, you know, we're, we're supposed to have fun. Right. That was actually one of the original titles of the book. This should be fun or this could be fun or, uh, yeah, some variation on what, what is going on. You know, it kind of reminds me of, of a little bit of a discussion that I always have with the guys in my, my expectant father's class. It's a, a three-hour workshop, and it's a different group of people every time, so we, this subject always comes up, but... The, the idea that 
the, the mythology is you're supposed to fall instantly in love with your baby the minute that that child is born. And the reality of it is that about half of people say, hmm, now what? Right. As, as opposed to, I love this child. So, yeah, there, there's all the, the, the dirty little secrets of, <laughs> of parenthood, including the why aren't we having fun part. So, but it's particularly disturbing for people like us who write about this stuff. And, and you know, we're supposed to know things. And so what did you do with that information once you got it? Well, um, you know, it was a, it was a, it was both a dawning realization personally that my husband and I, um, you know, we had our our four kids and we were really we both had full time jobs and we were racing here and zipping there and and uh, you know dropping one off here and one off there and slapping each other by the hands and as we sort of passed in the hall and um, so there was that there was the personal part of it and then there was the realization that as an editor and as a writer that the the people that I was interviewing the essayists whose essays I was editing. Uh, overall, there was just this overwhelming sense of anxiety around parenting um, rather than a sense of uh, joy or satisfaction or fun or anything positive. Did you find that that was more common among people with younger kids or with teenagers? I'm thinking of times when it, it, it makes sense to be a little bit more anxious. It's a different kind of anxiety that, that you see in the younger parents, um, or the parents of younger children is the way to put it. Um, you know, that, that, that's a rough time. And especially when you have an infant, you, you're not getting enough sleep. You're, you're, you're just not. It's torture. Um, and then as, as they get a little bit bigger, you're on deck constantly. It's a very demanding time of life. But there's a different kind of anxiety going on here that, that's what I'm talking about, and it's this feeling that we need to be parenting right, that um, there's some correct way to deal with our children so that we can sort of grind them through this process of childhood and then spit them out at some imaginary destination of success. Um, and that is, that's consistent. It's, it's present in parents of younger children. It's present in parents of teenagers. It's present in parents of college students. And so the message is what? Um, I think the message is 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 stop. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that's and that's easy. So I'll just yeah. I'll just go now and Stay. we're done. That's yeah. it. No, and and it's not easy. Um, there is a really collective pressure on parents right now to um, to to find these right solutions and to to somehow act on them. And what we need to think about is that there's just, there is no, you know, first of all, there is no right way. Second of all, there is no destination success. And if there was, I mean, are you really trying to get there, right? The, the point of parenting is not to, um, you know, to, to finish. It's to have this life that we, most of us, you know, planned for, worked for, really, really wanted, um, and and to to treasure it, to to find solace in it, to make it you know a joyful and, and wonderful part of our existence, rather than this sort of really stressful filled time. Well, I mean, does it ever end? Though I guess if, do you see, if you're talking about a, a, a successful time, that in, <laughs> implies that that there is an ending to it. Um, and I can't no, imagine. I, I, I don't mean, think it ends. But you know, the 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 eighteen or twenty years or so that you spend, or you know, twenty depending on how you're kids in their age range and that sort of thing. These years that you spend in the house together, they, they do end. Yeah, they, they do. And while I was really researching this, when I sort of got to the, 
you know, I, I did research with, um, with parents, but I also did sort of anecdotal research where I reached out to um, about 5,000 people on Facebook and said, look, you know, tell me, tell me what's making you unhappy. This was more of a just, you know, what, what topics should I cover? And amidst all the, oh, my God, Snapchat, oh, my God, snacks, Oh, what am I going to do about tantrums? Oh, the homework. Amidst all of that, there were these there were these comments that were like, you know, not enough phone calls. I never see them. Um, I don't know what's going on in their lives. And those were were from the parents of older children. And so here yeah. here we are, and you know, we got the phone calls. We we can see them. Let's let's find a way to make this a great time. You know, it's funny. I, I just I haven't really I haven't become a grandparent yet, which is probably good news for everybody. But I see this with my parents, my mother in particular. She still tells me that I should get a haircut, or you know, it's like yeah. you know, stop licking your fingers. She says to me, which is like, what am I supposed to do? I just had some food in my hand. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> just these these quirky little things. At the same time, the first thing I do when I go to their house is I go to the refrigerator. <laughs> you know, it, it's no. I don't know. It, it's uh, it, it's a, a two sided street. I guess we're gonna we're always going to be kids as long as you're fortunate enough to have parents. And I think uh, that's one of the reasons yeah. it's such an interesting and rich topic. Families, uh, you know, not everyone's going to have kids, but most of us have parents. Um, so we've been kids. Yeah, that's true. We still have some some perspective on it. So, mm-hmm. where do you where do you begin with the process of trying to tweak the way that we think so that we can look at something and have more fun doing it instead of being so taking it so seriously? Um. Well, happier parents in general, they sort of have these, these four things uh, going on. Generally speaking, there is a difference in the parents of younger kids and the parents of older kids. Parents of younger kids tend to be more involved in the day-to-day. Um, parents of older kids tend to be fostering independence as their children become more capable. Not everybody feels this stress and anxiety. There are parents out there who are feeling, you know, pretty satisfied with where they are and what they're doing and, and how it's going. And those are the parents that I, I turn to in my own research and in reading other people's research. So those parents typically don't put their children's everyday needs above theirs. Um, then a really key thing is, is, is getting right at what you said, it's the mindset of happier parenting. Happier parents are the ones who can find the good in the day-to-day experiences, who can look around even with, you know, uh, bickering children in a sink full of dishes and recognize that, you know, this is, this, this, this is, this is good stuff. Um, and beyond that, they, they know what's, you know, what's a really a problem and what's just, uh, just sort of noise. You know, There's a lot there, huh? Sorry. Oh, there no, there is, and I, I we're going to get to a lot more of it. But I'm just it's uh, trying to break it down a little bit. Is there a way that you can suggest that you can look at at things that are happening that that you might take very seriously and you might take to heart and you might be self-critical or critical of the child, but the way that you can look at that, take the long view, because eventually those will be funny stories. 
They, they really will. And the advantage of being an adult is that you know there's another Thomas the Tank Engine. Um, you know, there's another balloon. There's another girlfriend. There's another college. That's, that's, that's the pleasure of perspective. Um, I think that, you know, we really need to sort of step. Our brains really, um, they want to find the bad. They want to be frightened. When, when, um, when something's happening to somebody we love, you know, we tend to go straight to, straight to the worst possibility, right? Instead of being able to take a deep breath and try to figure out, well, wait a minute. I mean, is, is this a tiger? Really? Is this, you know, is this, is this a, a life-threatening situation? And most of the stressors that we face on a day-to-day level with our kids aren't. Talking with K.J. Delantonia, who's the author of How to Be a Happier Parent, Raising a Family, Having a Life, and Loving Almost Every Minute. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll keep talking to K.J. You wanted to see me? Yes, please. Have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. We want to hire you. You're you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking, but no, my friend. I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armand Brat. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with KJ Delantonia, who's the author of How to Be a Happier Parent. Uh, I'm just, you know, you were talking about rearranging the way that you're thinking a little bit and that that most things are not going to be a big problem. But what do you do in a situation, or is there anything to be done if you really do have a problem? I mean, I I remember taking great solace in the fact that I I would look at my kids and I'd be thinking, I'm having some problems with this one, or she's having problems in school, or got thrown out of that, or whatever it is. And But then I would think, you know, of my three daughters, none of them are pregnant. None of them are, are uh, doing IV drugs, to the at least the way I, I can't tell. Uh, you know, they're they're okay. They're not in jail. But not everybody is as lucky as that in a way. You know, there are people who have a kid in jail or who, a kid who did some horrible thing. 
um, you know, those people, it seems like, have every right to be anxious. Well, and, and, yeah. Actually, saying they have every right isn't really, that, that doesn't imply that other people don't have a right to be anxious. But um, you know what I mean. That, that I mean, how, okay. how can you re- readjust your thinking so in, I, in real situations? Right. So the two thoughts there. The first is that um, the, the, this idea of the mindset of, of being generally looking for the good in day-to-day situations, I, I want to credit it to um, the author of Hardwearing Happiness. It's, you know, it's a sort of a neurological question uh, that you can train your brain to find the good in your everyday life. So his point is that if you've spent a lot of time doing that, if you've looked around when, as you said, you've got your, your, your kids and nothing really terrible is happening and things are, are pretty good, and you've, you've been able to absorb those good times, then when things are going really wrong, you have that as a reservoir to fall back on. It helps you to, to gain your strength. So I think the first thing to say to that is statistically, most of us aren't dealing with those real big crises at the moment, and yet we're feeling these rising levels of anxiety. So when you're in that position... Try to find the good, and when you're not, <laughs> I don't know. That's a really <laughs> tough question that you have saddled me with. It really depends on what's going on. Well, um, I mean, I, you know? I think if I were to have to answer the question, if somebody were asking me, I would think you know, be reasonable and try to be nice to yourself. Give yourself yeah, a break. That easy. that really and truly, that there's a lot of self blame that goes on in parenting, but there's also a point at which you say. You know, I tried my hardest. I did. I did as much as I could possibly do. And kids are going to be who they're going to be eventually. That we there is the I don't know something in between nature and nurture where they take control. Right, and we can still be happy with ourselves and what we have built. Um, you know, and and who we are. At some point, you need to let your children be themselves. And you be yourself, and your happiness should not be dependent on theirs. If for no other reason, then that's a terrible burden for a kid. Well, but that's something that, that is, comes so naturally to parents, is we all feel very proud of ourselves when our kid gets a, a medal for something. It's, it's as though somehow it's some validation of, of our great parenting success, which goes along with the flip side of it, the guilt that goes along if your child does something not so great that you, you feel that you've, you've failed. Right. Um, I really think that an important way to think about that is do you want your child to uh, feel like they've failed you? And the answer is right. probably no. So it's really important for our kids to know that, you know, we are strong adults with our own reservoir of happiness and our own sort of uh, lives so that they can you know, fail to make the team and not feel as though they've let the entire family down or, you know, have a really crushing blow as an adult and not feel that not only are they suffering, but they have, you know, have really have messed you up. Is that a modeling thing only or do we actually have conversations with them where we hope to instill some sense of resilience in them so that they can learn these lessons that we perhaps didn't learn when we were their age. <laughs> it's true. They're, they're, they're tough. So I think it's both. Uh, one of the pieces of being happier as a parent as an, and as an adult is having this, you know, having your own things that make you happy. Um, 
whether they're hobbies or whether it's your job or whether it's your, your community work, and to talk about those things, you know, as, as positive pieces of your life. And then, so, so that's the, sort of the modeling, the, the here I am having, and if, if for no other reason than we want to make adulthood look good, right? Um, so there's that piece of it. And then, yeah, there, there's the other piece of it, um, when something goes wrong for your kid, of, of talking about it as something that's, that's theirs, which isn't to say, too bad, I, I'm sorry you got an F on French, I'm off to my tennis match. It's more like, um, you know, oh, man, you, you know, I'm sure you feel really terrible about that. What are you going to do? Um, you know, is, is, if, is there anything I can do to help? It's fine, but to, to sort of not, you, you might be devastated. I mean, we are devastated on, our, you know, on behalf of our kids, but not to make it look as though, um, their failure has sort of destroyed you as well. What was the hardest part of this for you to start making a transition from somebody who was thinking that this just isn't fun to being able to see the, the fun? That is a really good question. I'm still in the middle of this. This is anything <laughs> but a, anything but a memoir. Um, you know, it's the process, this learning to, yeah, I, don't know, I think learning to be happy is, is a process for a lot of us, whether we're parents or not. So what was the most difficult? Um, I, I'm really, I'm a total complainer. So I would say that sort of trying to silence, because a piece of this, a piece of looking for the good, um, is to, to quit sitting around going, ah, oh, the plane is late, you know, and now everything's going to be ruined and we're going to miss this and it'll probably never go and we'll probably end up missing the whole vacation and, you know, sort of sailing down that road to, to um, catastrophe. And I, I used to be a huge... I used to be a huge visitor of, of imaginary catastrophe land. So I think stopping that was, um, was and is a huge challenge. There's this, um, there's this great quote that's been attributed to all kinds of people. I've never really been able to track it down, but it's basically, um, I have suffered so much in my life, most of which never happened. So <laughs> quitting that was and continues to be hard. You know, I, I always think, for some reason, uh, of you, know, you find inspiration in the oddest places. And if you saw the movie, it was a Tom Hanks movie, Bridge of Spies, where he plays a, a lawyer and he's defending this guy who's a, a Russian spy and he's being vilified in the press and it's just horrible. And everybody's talking about wanting to kill this guy and Tom Hanks is supposed to be the defense lawyer. And he goes into the to the cell to talk to this guy who's facing the death penalty, basically. And the guy's just so calm. And Tom Hanks says, what, what is the matter with you? There's all this pressure on you. There's all these things that are going on. Why aren't you more upset? And he says, would it help? And, <laughs> and for, you know, for some reason, I, I keep thinking about that in, in moments like the ones you're describing. and think, you know, would it help, really? It's such, such a Zen thing to think. Right. Okay. So if I go completely crazy here and and catastrophize everything, how is that going to make it any better? I don't know. So I, I can exactly thank right. Tom. I Hanks. love that. That's the perfect. Yeah. That's the perfect. That's, maybe that's the perfect thing to ask yourself as um, you know, as things are are going wrong or maybe even going a little wrong. I could get upset here, but would it help? Yeah. <laughs> or then later yeah. there's the secondary question, which is, all right, I I already got upset, so I could get a upset about having gotten upset, but would it help? <laughs> right. <laughs> is, is anything going to get any better? Yeah. 
know, this is, um, you know, we've, we've talked about sort of the, the macro, the, the larger question of, of being a happier parent, but there's just the day-to-day, um, there really is, all the stuff I was listing earlier, the homework, the screens, the mornings, um, the mealtimes, there's, there's a lot going on, and there are things that people do to make all of those things better, um, but one of the things that people do to make all of those things better is to cut themselves some slack Yeah, and, on, and on the times when it's not better. And somebody just in a, an interview I was doing earlier was, tell, was telling me, I think I mentioned this at the very beginning, that you know, these things will become funny stories at some point. So yeah. think, think about that. Start, start writing it down now. I mean, do you really uh, want your child to be the one who, like, you know, sort of has, has never so much of a lost a balloon without mommy rushing off to them with two more? <laughs> uh, you, know, you, don't, you don't want that, right? So uh, we need these little catastrophes. KJ Delantonia is the author of How to Be a Happier Parent, Raising a Family, Having a Life, and Loving Almost Every Minute. KJ, thanks so much for being with us. Great to have you. Thank you. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brat, and it's time for an Ask Mr. Dad segment. Dear Mr. Dad, I'm marrying a woman who has two teenagers from her previous marriage. This is my first marriage, and although I like her kids, I'm a little worried about how I'll do as a stepfather of teens. Any suggestions? About half of all marriages are remarriages for at least one of the partners, many of whom, like your fiancé, have children from a previous relationship. I certainly get your worries about starting your fatherhood experience off with teens instead of the usual way with an infant. The most valuable advice I can give you is to keep your expectations reasonable and be patient. There's not a lot of social support out there, and your role in the new family isn't always clear. Fortunately, you're not alone. In fact, there are over 2.5 million families, which include more than 6.5 million kids, made up of a biological mother and a bonus father. Many prefer the term bonus to the harsher-sounding stepfather. Try to be sympathetic to the magnitude of the changes that the children may experience. New routines, a new house, new customs, new bedrooms. They may even have to share a room. And in families where both parents have children, they might even have a new birth order. A child who was once the oldest and had all the privileges that went along with that might resent being outranked by an older child. The opposite might happen to a child who gets displaced as baby of the family. Expect some natural competitiveness between you and the kid's biological father, especially if your ex tells you he's not a particularly nice guy. But you absolutely must support their relationship with their father. In most cases, it's not easy for adolescents to accept a new bonus parent. 
A lot of teens, like younger kids, fantasize that their parents will get back together and your marriage to their mother dashes that hope. In addition, your new bonus teen probably had a lot of additional responsibilities around the house and felt very mature. Some may feel relieved to have you there to take over some of the burden, but others may resent having to go back to being kids again. They may also resent having to deal with yet another adult who, in their minds, wants to push them around just when they're seeking autonomy. You can expect to hear a lot of, you're not my father, so I don't have to listen to you. One of the most important factors in children's adjustment to a bonus parent is trying to maintain the one-on-one relationships they had with their natural parents. Kids often feel that they're losing their biological parent to the new bonus parent, and in some ways, they're right. Before, it was just them and mom, but now they have to share her with some interloper. This brings up all sorts of loyalty issues for many bonus kids. They may feel that if they love or even like you, they're somehow being disloyal or betraying their biological father. As a result, they may lash out at you for what seems like no reason at all. Stranger still, these explosions often happen just when you think your relationship with your bonus children are going great. It's critical that you and your partner devote some time to keeping your relationship healthy and that you discuss the role she expects you to take in her children's life. Don't be naive and think that everything will work itself out. It won't. Finally, don't make the mistake of expecting that everyone's going to live in one big happy family. It's going to take plenty of time for all of you to get used to each other and your new roles. Expect a bumpy ride along the way. Thanks for listening to Positive Parenting. You can get more information on today's show and what we're working on in the weeks ahead at MrDad.com. While you're there, visit the MrDad.com gift shop with everything you need to help you become the dad or mom you want to be. Positive Parenting is a production of the MrDad.com radio network. Now, go be a great parent.